Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Can you talk about how the Z's talk about what enlightenment means? So like many people, you know, as a spiritual student and a personal growth student from the age of 16, that was when I really, you know, found all of this. I used to think enlightenment was like something in beautiful state that you're going to you're going to reach and it's like you're on the earth but you're not living on the earth and everything just rolls off your back and Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins and welcome to Life, Death and the Space Between podcast. I have Lee Harris back today, who I am so, so excited to talk about, to talk to again. Lee is a globally acclaimed energy intuitive channeler, author, and musician. His grounded practical teachings focus on the expansion of your intuition and awareness to help you live a more heart-centered life. I had Lee back on with his first book, Energy Speaks, back in 2019. And Lee, it just feels like things have just blown up for you since then. And and frankly, the world sort of blew up since then. Mm. What do you you attribute all of this to in terms of just people's interest in channeling and what, what your guides have to share? Yeah. I mean, my experience of it has been that people, once we got into the lockdown period in March, 2020, understandably, a lot of us started questioning things, looking for answers, looking for reassurance. So my perception of it is that there was an intersection there with my work for people. We had one very specific video. I I normally do a monthly energy update at the beginning of each month where I receive themes for the month that may show up for people and elaborate on them and how you might experience them, how to navigate them. That month I did something I don't think I've ever done before, which was a mid-month energy update. And it's because Mm. as soon as lockdown happened, 
I just had this horribly dark feeling for the world. And for me, that wasn't even about anything to do with, you know, what was going on. It was just the energetic darkness that I thought that we were going into. So I did it very quickly. Um, I, yeah, and put it up very quickly and it, it really took off. So I think from there, we were perhaps reaching more people than we, than we were prior to there. But I don't know. I, I just feel like so many of us needed, wanted, and were seeking things that could really support us. And I guess I, like many people who do this work, experienced a, a bit more growth around that time. And we were, we were ready. You know, I didn't have to pivot to take my work online like many people did. I'd been working online for years. So I think it was, you know, one of those, one of those things. And so for those who missed my first episode with you, they can go back and listen because we're going to kind of go from there in terms of your conversations. But your guides, you channel a group of guides called the Zs. They're made up of 88 beings saying some of them are connected galactically. Some are in the angel realms. Some are connected in the human realms. What is your understanding of the Z's and how they come through and why, why do you think so many people more recently feel like they're opening up to these guides from other realms? I, you know, I, I first met them or, well, they say I was hearing them till I was six. And then because of events in my life, they needed to disappear. Otherwise, it would have been difficult for me. I heard them again very clearly at the age of 23. And for me, I was not someone who, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I heard about people who spoke to their guides, I was like, wow, that's really cool. Imagine, lucky them. But I never thought it would happen for me. And I certainly, how do I put this? I won't say I, I, won't say I was unimpressed by public channelers, but I'd, I'd seen a couple and, and to me, there was a, a weirdness to that that isn't something I would ever have desired for myself. So I think, so they said to me very early on that as you go through the coming okay. decades, more and more people are going to open up to their own intuition, their own experiences. It doesn't mean everyone's going to talk to their guides, but more people will because you are becoming more aware of your cosmic origins. And they don't necessarily mean cosmic origins as in some other planet that we're from but the fact that we're all part of this universe and the way that most of us were trained we haven't been asked to look at that we have in a way had that whitewashed out of our history so they were saying things to me that were quite out there for my understanding at the time but it's interesting to witness it happening and one of the things that struck me when I stood as a public channeler I would have people coming up to me like business people and people who had very conventional jobs and they would like take me by the arm and they go lee we've been channeling i've been channeling my guides for years and i never tell anybody but you know I, you're very brave to do it publicly and i i always thought i you know it does you know it took a certain amount of uh bravery for me to be willing to handle some of the judgment or attack that you can get for doing this job um and of course you know that was true for me when I started 19 years ago to now where it's bigger and more people know, but I just think we, as a world, we're opening up. Consciousness is rising on the planet. We're looking at the way our world looks today. And we know that it, it doesn't work. It's got us this far, but if we stay in these systems, we aren't going to go very far. And yet at the same time, 
those in charge of the systems aren't all willing to revolutionize them or let go. So we're in this very difficult period of history, which they say is destined. And it's why so many of us are here right now with an eye on how can we increase awareness as humans and not just by sitting and meditating, but by changing the very systems we have so they are better for the whole. Gosh, I have so many places I want to go with this. Um, and one question that I had, you, you kind of touched on this raising the consciousness, the planet's consciousness is raising, which I know some people feel like it is, other people feel like it's not. You know, a lot of mm -hmm. darkness has been coming into the light. I was curious about if most recently I noticed that the Schumann resonance, which is this grid, this this grid and that there would be more conscious, this electrical grid that measures sort of the electricity of the planet. And I know that in, and I think in book two, your guides were talking about this more consciousness rising, I guess you would say. Do you feel like that is the, um, this is happening? It's a great question. And I think even this term rising consciousness is a really tricky one for us to wrap our brains around. Like, what does it actually mean? You know, we mm -hmm. can hear it as a spiritual term, but is it, you know, is it just a term? The way right. I is guess it I not have just like, you know, wanting to punch. Someone? I hope you've enjoyed the video and podcast so far. Please consider supporting life, death and the space between on Patreon at Dr. Amy Robbins. You can donate any amount that you feel comfortable donating. Also, we are actively looking for sponsors. So if you're interested, please reach out to us at dramyrobbins.com. I really appreciate any support you can give. Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual feels like an escape. Start with nutrient-infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then open your jar of seaweed whipped scalp scrub to add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use seaweed air dry cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com. You know, the way I look at it is if you think back to when you were a kid and, and sure, like when you were a kid, perhaps you were really tapped into certain mystical, imaginative, creative, intuitive worlds in a way that we're asked to leave as we become more socialized as adults. But when you're six years old, you don't necessarily have the consciousness you have as a 40 year old. So a six year old who's upset about something will traditionally just be in their own upset. Mm -hmm. A 40-year-old, if they've evolved a little bit and they've, you know, done some work on themselves, become more aware, they'll go, I'm upset right now, but I can also see this person's upset. I also know I'm going to get over it. I also know that there's going to be some time where I won't even think about this anymore. So I can slightly adapt my behavior. But the six-year-old just has a full-on meltdown because their consciousness is focused all on them in that moment. Now you get some extraordinary kids 
who have that level of compassion and awareness. And But that's just a very simple way for me, I guess, to try and frame this rise in consciousness. It's when you become the Zs, my guides would say, can you become compassionate, kind, inclusive more of the time than you used to be able to? And you made a really good point about why people go, well, consciousness isn't rising. The world's got worse. The world is darker. And what the Zs say is, yeah, that's what happens. When consciousness rises, so too does everything shadowy, dark, and negative get really illuminated. And so we're in the cooker right now mm-hmm. where consciousness is rising at a planetary level. And they often say it's coming from within the earth. We often think of, oh, light beams are hitting us from above. And they've always said, no, the earth is heating up. And they also talk about crystals that have been buried in the earth for a very long time that are now becoming activated, that has been scrubbed out of our history. I'm not somebody who studies that stuff. So I'm I'm really struck when I see these adverts for like ancient civilizations and, you know, these shows where there are people whose, whose role it is to go and explore archaeologically and what has been buried from us and how does this not map with the the version of history that we were told in school so i find that fascinating as i watch the people who really do that because it maps with things the z's say that i don't fully understand um but the rise in consciousness that we're in right now is is a bit of a reckoning with Mm. everything that has come before so it's it's a it's an uncomfortable time and it's an edgy time and we aren't yet at the point in history where the old guard has let go. They say that will happen. They say the old guard can't double down and control even harder, which of course they're trying in certain areas. So we're in that bottleneck period, which you know they say can go on for years. It's not yeah, something that happens overnight. You, they um, said but, like decades in the book, and I was like, oh man. But then, but well, then they also talked dec- about things yeah. getting a little bit better. So I was like, okay. The decades they refer to is a new level of consciousness permeating. And it's it's so funny. I was just watching some documentary the other day. What was it that I was watching? But in the documentary, as I was watching things, it was things to do with the civil rights movement and it was things to do with women's rights. Mm-hmm. And and I, I also look at, you know, if you like gay rights, LGBTQIA rights, and you go, okay, There are still issues in all of those areas without Mm -hmm. question, but it's different to how it looked in the 60s. Right. In all of those areas. There is, there has been an evolution. There is still, you know, a lot of issue and there is still the remnants of all of the systemic oppression for those groups, but there is an improvement. So it's interesting, isn't it? Right now we look at women's reproductive rights in the US and what's going on there. And it's like, wow, hang on a second. Why are people trying to drag us back to times where people were so controlled? Um, and that's the fight that we're in. But the Zs say that the decades is not so much about getting through this tight period of history, which we're in right now. The decades is more about a new level of consciousness being more normal than it is today. We're in a wrestling match between the old, old that doesn't want to die and doesn't want to transform And the new that's hitting the planet in increasing doses with the younger generation that are coming in. And then within all of that, because you can talk about the energy of everything, you've then got to look at, well, what are we actually dealing with? 
what's our addiction to technology doing on the negative side? Even though we recognize technology has brought with it many gifts, we're also infants when it comes to this new technology addiction that we're all experiencing right now. So there's a lot to keep your eye on. It's For me, it's never as simple as, oh, great, the new generation are coming in and it's all going to be okay. I'm like, no, 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 we, we, we shouldn't let go of the steering wheel that much. Like we do need to participate. And that's why there are people whose role it is to be, you know, I'm a justice activist and that's what my design is. That's what I'm here to do. And I'm like, great. The more consciously you can do that, the better. And then over on the left, there might be someone who goes, my life is all about meditating and I'm going to meditate as much as I can and be an example of peace in my community. Okay, cool. That's your role. So, um, this, so we all have slightly different roles. Is this the, the eight um, roles or the eight parts of ourselves that we need to master towards mm. to move towards enlightenment that was touched upon? Because right. I found that, I mean, I was blown away um, one by how peaceful the Z's are. I've, I've experienced other people who channel and sometimes it seems more fear-based or mm. like the messages that are coming through seem to be a little more based in like letting go of fear or things like that, or, you know, and their messages feel, and, and I think it's not surprising they chose you as the channeler, like you, you kind of illuminate that feeling of positivity as well. I'm going like all over the place with my question here. So let me get back to my actual question, which was um, these areas of mastery that we are working towards to move towards enlightenment. And can you talk about how the Z's talk about what enlightenment? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. So, like many people, you know, as a spiritual student and a personal growth student from the age of 16, that was when I really, you know, found all of this. I used to think enlightenment was like something in beautiful state that you're going to you're going to reach and it's like you're on the earth but you're not living on the earth and everything just rolls off your back and the more people I've met some of the most enlightened people I've met you know even they have to deal with <laughs> earth stuff mm -hmm. so my perception of enlightenment I used to see it as some idealized escape uh, state of living. I no longer think of it that way. I think more of us are in and out of enlightened states than we believe we are. And to me, the state of enlightenment is remembering you are connected to everything and everything is connected to you and, and being able to operate and move from that place rather than, I can't believe that driver just cut me off. 
God, that's so bad, you know, you know, which is a very human thing, but it's like, well, believe it. A, it happened. B, you don't know what's going on for them. C, can you let it go? Or are you going to let that driver imprint you for the rest of the day? Nothing wrong with any of those things, but you know, that, that ability to flow with all of the little lessons that we get on a daily basis. The Z's talk about enlightenment being achieved when you have mastered eight areas of your life. Because enlightenment is a mastery state, meaning you don't feel like you're drowning in life. You don't feel like life is battering you upside the head, but that you have an ability, you have a spaciousness within you and your life, no matter what's going on, that you can always return to or access because you've mastered certain areas. So mastery of one area for you, Amy, might be, and it would make sense given what you're doing, mastering communication. So you're a communication master. You're all about communicating and you're all about using communication as a vessel to help other people enlighten themselves. So there's an area of mastery for you. Mm -hmm. Another area of mastery for you might be um, the ability to work with food and cook and be a chef. Another area of mastery for you might be meditation and peace and being able to access that. And when, when enough of these stack up in your life and they say eight is what's required, there is a release of um, identity, ego, certain things that might keep you trapped in some of the suffering or some of the wounding on earth. And you get to just slightly rise above it more of the time. So again, someone who is living in an uninterrupted state of enlightenment, they're in a category all by themselves. But for those of us who have enlightened experiences in our life that recur, that come around again and again, the more we master different areas of our life, the more we start to live from that place. So how do you integrate what you learn? Because you're, you're channeling it. You have Diana who, if Diana wants to retire, I'll take her job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she interviews disease through you. Yeah, and then, actually, we've always said that at some point other people will be doing the interviewing too. That's something we've always discussed. And and to be fair, you know, it's fantastic to work with Diana on the books, but the Z's have been interviewed by lots of people for years as well. So, you know, and, and especially when I did all my one-on-one -on -one sessions, I did thousands and thousands of one-on-one -on -one sessions with people. So, And so they asked you the questions and the Z's came through for them. Yep. Yep. That was part of the session. Not the whole session, but part of the session. So when that happens, you are not hearing necessarily what's being said, right? Or you're hearing it, I am it, hearing it, but I can't process it. So it's a bit like eavesdropping on a conversation, but I don't have my full mind. Meaning, you know, like if you and I talk about something and I, we leave this conversation, I can then go, oh, that's interesting. Amy said that and da, 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 da. I don't get that opportunity. If they're channeling for an hour, <laughs> I, they have a, it's almost like they have the front half of my brain or something. I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't even know what it is happening technically, but I can hear what they say, but I don't, my memory can't work when they're mm -hmm. channeling. So what I found is I come out of a channel. I might remember one or two things that caught my attention and then people, either Diana or other people in the room or people in my portal community will go, oh, when the Z's said that. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'm glad someone reminded me of that. So it's very different when you're doing the channeling versus listening to it. 
So when you're when you're going back and rereading or listening to it, do you integrate it then differently from do you integrate it just like the rest of us do? You're just taking in the information as if yeah. you were I I am not an audience of the Z's. Uh it's just not my thing and and it's not that I don't love the information. I speak to them privately. So I okay. take notes around my own questions, but I have learned that in order to do this work, it's better for me to do it and throw it over my shoulder and not go back and look at it. Now, I, I've met channelers over the years who go, oh, I've just spent six hours listening to my latest channel series and it was amazing. And I'm like, I couldn't think of anything worse. Like occasionally <laughs> I'll hear like, like the, the whole, that just is such a turn off for me. I'll occasionally hear five minutes or 10 minutes and I'll be like, oh, wow, that's really good. <laughs> They're good. You know, <laughs> they, must, they, and I they can, know what they're talking about. They know what they're talking about. Oh, that's a really good concept. But it, it, it's a little jarring for me, probably the same way it is for my mother. Like she's come to my live events, but I understand it's weird for my family to see me in channel mode because it's like this is the person they recognize. And then all of a sudden this other thing happens. So I get it. And for me personally, it's a little jarring. So um, I'm always, for me, I do it through feeling. So I know the feeling of my body when I have delivered something to an audience while channeling the Z's, like I know the feeling I'm supposed to get when it's happening after it's happening. So I'm, so I'm just like, good, I did my work. I'll remember a few key things. I'll remember a few points. I'm always talking to them anyway. And when I work as an energy intuitive, they're somewhat there. So it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it would be like having a best friend and someone says to you, you're not seeing your best friend on Sunday. Why don't you make a plan with your best friend on Sunday? And you're like, because I'm with them Monday to Saturday. Sunday's my day. So for me, because I'm doing it a lot, uh, I don't really want to look back over my shoulder too much. It, it doesn't help me. But you have a, have a different relationship with them. I do. I do. And I, sometimes I won't speak to them myself for three or four weeks. Sometimes I'll speak to them four times in a week. It just depends what's going on. It depends what my questions are. It, you know, and right now, for example, we're talking. If we go silent for a second, I can just go, guys, what's, how's Amy today? What's going on? And they'll immediately tell me. Sometimes I do that, but I don't do that a lot. I also don't like to read other people's mail. You know, I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, let's just, let's just see what I as an intuitive being feel in this moment. But I do sit and write questions and type their answers. And then that's very helpful. Um, and that's my personal relationship, which even if I stop doing this work publicly, they've said that will never end. That will never go away. They're, they'll be with me until the day I die, unless I choose not to talk to them. But sometimes they get my attention. I'm not asking anything. And they're like, mm -mm, mm -hmm. Lee, get ready for this. Or, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering that. And and do you think it's different for any of us? I mean, can we all Definitely. open up and have that relationship in the same way that you do with your guys? I, I think it's unique for everybody. I think everybody experiences their connection to their guides in, in slightly different ways. Um, I'm somebody who never thought this would happen to me. So if I can be an ambassador of anything, it's don't believe that it can't happen to you. Uh some of my misperceptions were that I, I should have been more pure, more spiritual, meditating, 
it shouldn't have happened to me on the subway train. It should have happened to me in an ashram, but it happened to me on the subway train. So I had all these ideas about what it should be. And I think before it happened to me, I had a very, um, I had a perception of people who that could happen to. And I've had people be like that toward me. And I can't tell you, it's so normal. Like it's so normal to me now, but the energy signature is not normal. So if I channel for a while, my energy field takes mm, anything from 15 to 30 minutes to come back, sometimes longer. So it is an energetic space you enter, but I'm so practiced with it now, having done it for 24 years. Um, It feels like home, but I believe everyone can do it. And what I always say is, Don't worry about your guides. Don't worry about trying to connect to someone on planet Sirius. That starts to make it complicated and it starts to overly control it. But what we can all do is we can sit with a piece of uh, paper and a pen or type, what does my soul want to tell me today? Mm. Or if you prefer, what does my higher self want to tell me today? You might want to write, what does God want to tell me? What does Jesus What do my guides write what you want, but a really good way to keep it open is what does my soul want to tell me today? And then sit and write a message for yourself for a minute or two minutes, and you'll be amazed what will come through. What do the Z's mean when they talk about freedom consciousness? Mm. Hmm. (laughs) I'm going to ask. Okay. Yeah. Connection consciousness. So freedom consciousness to them is the ability to connect to everything and know that you're connected to everything. So we've heard stories of people in prison becoming enlightened, you know, and finding spirituality and finding faith. You know, they're in what you could consider to be one of the most freedom limiting experiences that can happen to you as a human being. And yet we have countless stories of certain prisoners saying, I was in prison for 20 years and in there I found faith and an inner connection that I would never have found on the outside because they were in a way confined. And so they had to go within. And of course, there are many stories that are the opposite to that. And they'll come out and go, prison was awful. And I, you know, but I think when we talk about freedom consciousness, freedom consciousness is when your consciousness is not held hostage by every little event. So I'll tell you what freedom consciousness isn't. It's coming home from work going, oh my God, my boss said this to me and I can't believe it. And they're they're just trying to get me and oh, everything's going wrong in my life. You know, that's what we might call victim consciousness. And there are times when victim consciousness happens to us. You know, somebody punches you in the face or you're abused or, you know, there are, there are reasons and times in our life where we do experience thoughts, feelings, and layers of victim consciousness. The difference is freedom consciousness is kind of the opposite to that. It's where, you know, you can heal. Sure. You might be feeling like a victim right now, but is there at least a small part of your brain that goes, I can heal from this. I can overcome this. I can find the people to support me. Freedom consciousness is when you can connect back to the universe and know that everything is bigger than this. But more importantly, this, who we are, is actually bigger than we might realize or perceive ourselves to be in that we can plug into this universal mainframe and start to work with it. And when you first hear something like that, it probably sounds a bit sci-fi or a bit out there. You know, you have to learn to work with it. It's like, People go, well, tell me how to manifest. And I'm like, well, I could tell you how to manifest, but you're really going to need a few years 
to kind of get it wrong, notice that your mind is trying to control it. You know, it's like anything. The more we practice with something, the more we go, oh, this is what the energy is. And this is how the energy shows up in me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, you know, when people often ask me that same question, it's like, it's almost, it's so hard to describe because it can be so subtle. And unless you're, you're practicing and you're working with it, you don't know those subtle shifts. Like I can catch myself if I'm in a meditation sort of slipping into uh, sometimes accessing these other realms. And it's so subtle. And sometimes I'll, I'll end up getting myself out of it. Cause I'm like, Oh, there it is. It's like when you, when you drop into meditation and finally you're like, wait, my brain just stopped. And then you're like, wait, but now my brain's <laughs> moving again. It's like, wait, I was there. How do I get back there? It's those, you know, it's that practice like anything. So I think it's so, um, you know, it's just so helpful to hear from other people who have all these different experiences with connecting source spirit guides, whatever it is, how they're, yeah. how they experience it. Well, and I think it's so important because I know when I was a, a kind of new student to spirituality and metaphysics and personal growth, you know, from the ages of about 16 to 27, I was feeling unsure about a lot. And I had ideas in my head and other people sometimes supported those. You know, you would meet slightly egotistical healers who wanted you to worship them and their gift. And actually what you come to realize, and I used to, you know, I think, wow, they're amazing. And what I realized was, no, it's amazing. It's amazing to feel connected to the universe. It's amazing to feel expanded. And am I grateful to the teachers who were gatekeepers or initiators of that for me all along the way? Absolutely. But I, like many of us, were trained to overly deify the human being. And partly that probably comes from some of our religious training. And also, we were so separated from spirit. Right. You know, we as a society, unless you lived in a culture or a tribe where they kept that flame alive, so many of us have been forced into lives that are not necessarily seeking, celebrating, or... Uh, if you like, um, revering connection, which really is the most important thing. People on their deathbed do not talk about the job they did, the houses they had, the cars they had. Yet our societal training, certainly our generation, Amy, we were raised, this is what you do to be happy. And no, you can do all those things and still be miserable. We were yeah. never taught to actually understand what is happiness, what is peace, what is inner contentment? What is flow? There's this whole world inside us that was kind of whitewashed for so many of us. So I think the tricky thing then is you go into the spiritual realm and you're looking for someone who can tell you what the truth is. And the problem with that is only you can, because right. how the truth shows up for you around spirit is going to be very unique, which is why I think you just have to keep doing it, keep practicing it, keep refining your own process and ultimately start to lock into your own sense of power and connection around it. So you've mentioned death a couple of times. I know that the Zs haven't gone in great depth. I think they said they, you, you might do a whole book on death mm -hmm. and dying and exit points. So I'm requesting now that we can, you can come back and we could talk about sure. that because it's my yeah. most favorite topic. 
But can you, this was, they, they have an interesting perspective on exit points. Can you mm-hmm. speak a little to what is an exit point for my listeners who might not know and, and what the Z's say about the exit points in our lives? Right. So let's say we're going to live until we're 95. The Z's would say in your 95 years on earth, you might have 25 exit points. You might have 160. And you'd say, well, what's an exit point? And the Z's would say, it's a moment where your soul can choose to leave and stop being in the body, stop being this human identity that you are. So when I heard that number, I was like, wow, this is, you know, they weren't saying you have three. Because I think most of us would think about our life. And I've got friends who've had near-death experiences. I've got friends who've had terrible accidents or brushes with terminal illness they managed to come back from. And, you know, we'll tell the story of, oh, I almost lost my life when I was 50. And that's why I'm such an appreciative 65-year-old. And the Z's would say, yeah, and you could have lost it 25 other times. But, but through your own choice. So they say that our soul is very alive when we're asleep. Our soul is very awake and is very much reviewing where we're at, how we're doing. It's why dreams are there to help us process things that we either were experiencing that day or so that we don't need to experience them in life. A dream will concoct an experience for you so that you can move out some fear or move out some. So they say, don't be annoyed when you have a a scary dream. It could be really saving you a whole lot of stress the next day. Um, But why they talk about the exit points is they say you have all of these possible exit points in your life. And if you understood that, you would, A, really appreciate the fact that you're alive more and that being in the body is an amazing thing and that it's not promised that you're going to live to the end of your life. It's really up to you and your soul. B, they also say that the time that you die is is is. In most cases, unless you're someone living in a completely isolated place with no one related to you, then that becomes a different story. But for most of us, the time of our death is always timed with other people in mind. So it's not just like, oh, Amy needed to die when she was 95. No, Amy's death at 95 was also calculated as to how it would affect her nearest and dearest. And so there's always a kind of group thing because... You won't need to grieve as a soul, but your loved ones will. Mm -hmm. And they will need to go through that grief process, which is actually, disease would say, a life process because it brings you back to the reality that everything is going to change. Everything is going to go back to energy. And then the last thing that they say about the exit points is many people are walking around on the planet going, I shouldn't be here. Why am I a human being? Why did I choose to incarnate? I'm on the wrong planet. And they go, nope, not true. They say, if you aren't meant to be here, you won't be. But they said, if you are still here and you are in the body and you are finding it a struggle, they say you have to, sure, work on perhaps the healing and the support that you need to take the edge off some of your struggles. But more importantly than that, you may have got lost in the quagmire of the suffering energy on earth and you have to reconnect to Where do you get joy? Where do you get lightness? You know, we hear of parents who say, oh my God, I was a bit depressed before I became a parent. And that child came along and it changed my whole universe and it Mm -hmm. changed the way I loved. So there are always events that we can create or that might come for or to us 
that can change things. But sometimes we get locked into our ideas. Oh, well, my life's just going to be this for the next 20 years. Be careful what you affirm. And remember that if there are things in your life that you're unhappy about, we do have the capacity to change them, but it's not all on us. We do have to plug into the universe and universal right. and angelic support. That co-creation of totally the, the life in which we want. Yeah. A question about your music, because you've really mm. integrated music into the channeling. It's so beautiful. How do you see music as a healing tool, a vibration? Oh. Well, music was one of my healers. So, you know, when I was a teenager, and I think many of us when we're teenagers, we get very wrapped around music in a certain way, because mm -hmm. we're becoming more intensely emotional and more intensely feeling. And um, so they all, I, I, they've done studies on how music affects us in our teenage years and our early 20s versus when we're older. Well, even and it's so... It's so funny because I was I was um, bopping on my Peloton yesterday morning to Madonna, who uh, yeah I know who just had this horrible health crisis. I know, but I know. I just heard that. I just yeah. heard that. Yeah. And I was I was crying because it mm -hmm. just brought it it brought me back to that time when I was a teenager, right? When mm -hmm. music first becomes something that it it makes you feel alive in that way or it resonates with you or, or whatever it is. I mean, I, for me, I can go back to like a birthday party and right back to when I was hearing like a virgin for maybe the, you know, 70,000th time and yeah, that yeah. experience. Well, yeah. And, and music for me, I mean, for a lot of people, music gets us moving, gets us dancing and that's fantastic for me. And this was something I heard less people talking about, but it was a deep experience for me. Music could help me feel. So if I, you know, I'd have friends and they go, oh, why are you listening to that depressing music? And I'd be like, to me, this is not depressing. To me, this is opening out my sadness. Like if I hear this melancholic song, but it's driven towards opening out my sadness or changing the way I think about it, it opens something in me. So music was one of my healers early on. And the Z's later explained to me that, when I was 21, I started hearing music. I started hearing melodies, lyrics. I learned a few chords on guitar so that I could bring those songs down. I'm still not much of an instrumentalist, but I, I know how to get a song down onto the ground and then take it to a great musician to work on the arrangement. And, you know, I collaborate with Devil Bozik uh, pretty much all the time now with the music. And so music is such a healer for our bodies. I feel like it the great thing about music is it bypasses belief, culture, identity. You can play a group of people who all speak different languages, the same piece of music, and they're all going to start moving or feeling. There isn't a barrier. There isn't mm. a spiritual belief in the way. And so to me, music is just soul food. And it's a frequency that moves through us that can change us. So that's why we love creating music. And the Z's say, that they got to me first at the age of 21 with the music. And then two years later, I was ready to hear their words. And so, you know, the way I compose and the way that I create lyrics, sometimes I'm doing it from a more human creational musical standpoint, but a lot of the times it's this fusion with disease. And so, yeah. How do you live out the teaching of disease in your life? Hmm. It's a great question. Well, first of all, I would say I have lived out the teachings of disease. When I first met them, 
or when I first heard them, I should say, they would uh, get me to clarify, uh, qualify that. They, they have changed the way I see the world. Mm-hmm. They have changed the way I perceive experiences. Um, they have expanded my previously limited human understanding of what's going on. And so that doesn't always mesh with everybody. I mean, I have people in my life who wouldn't believe this stuff or experience life the way I do, and that's fine. But I I have a completely different way of sensing and feeling. I think they have massively increased my own personal intuition. Um, and I think that they've made me more... Um, They've opened up like my heart and up. They've opened by spending so much time in their orbit and bringing mm-hmm. them down through. They've shifted this part of me in a way that I don't always stop and reflect on. But when people will comment on things like either the way I deal with things or the energy they feel when they're around me, I'm like, oh, Okay, yeah, it's it's clearly rubbed off. And of course, like everybody, I'm human. I have days where I get more stressed about things than others, or but but I do see that they have imprinted me and vice I guess and vice versa, but they have really imprinted who I am. Have you ever had any medical studies done in terms of if if the changing the vibration of you channeling them changes the cellular structure of your body or like several channelers that I've spoken to seem to look much younger than they are. Oh. Um, and well, I'm 85. How am I looking? Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> it's like, you're like Benjamin Button. <laughs> um, I'm 47. Um, well, the hilarious thing is my brother is eight years older than me and my sister is six and a half years older. And my sister's favorite game, if we're all in the restaurant together, is to ask the person serving us who's the oldest. And they always pick me. I, so, really? yes, yes. Oh. And I think it's the hair. But I blame channeling for the hair. I think I, I, I'm not even kidding. I think I burnt my crown because, um, yeah. But <laughs> um, I, you know, I think it would be fascinating the I would love to do a study like that. I've never been approached or I can't remember. I don't if I've even know if approached. there's anything out there like that. I mean, I know what they I do... will tell you is I get hot. I lose like right now there are electrolytes in this glass because um, I've had a big day today. And so I, I, I kind of dose up more on electrolytes when I'm having to channel or do this kind of work. Um, there are certain changes that happen for me. I would be interested to know what happens on a, on a certain level. Mm hmm. Well, Lee, thank you so much. This was, I mean, I have like 50 other questions I could ask, but I want to be respectful of our time. Tell, tell my listeners where they can find you. The, the, the content that you put out is amazing. Your energy updates on YouTube, everything. So tell every, the portal, everything you're doing is just thank you. like fantastic. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me today. It's been lovely to connect with you. I can't believe it's been four years. That's crazy. I know. I know. Okay. Um, and we look younger. We're like, we we're look like, we look like 20 years now. younger. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. We must be channeling a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. I So leeharrisenergy.com is my website. And there I have three books out at the moment with another one coming next year. And, um, you know, I do these, ah, uh, yes, Energy Speaks, have, that's what we met I for. I have all of them, Energy Speaks. Fantastic, oh, oh. Conversations um, with Disease. 
So on YouTube, we put out free videos every week. So you can go and get the free energy update, the free videos. And then for the people who really want to go deeper with me and my work, I have a members community called The Portal. So every month I do like a 90 minute plus broadcast live with Liam Aziz. I channel, I take questions. Sometimes the Z's take questions. It changes every month, but it gives me an opportunity to focus on a smaller group than who the energy update reaches and just kind of um, support, uplift, inspire and teach where, where I can. And there are so many other things in the portal as well as that monthly broadcast. And yeah, the music we create is found at leeharrismusic.com. But if you go to leeharrisenergy.com, you can find everything there. Lee, thank you so much. As always, like such an enlightening conversation. Thank you to the Z's who have maybe joined us a little bit here today. They have. They're right here. And thank you for such great questions, by the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.